welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. That's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Ngaitahu people of Te Waipaunamu in Aotearoa, New Zealand, who are the traditional custodians of the land where this conversation took place. Now this chat is with Morgan Williams in Christchurch. My friend Morgan is an absolute star. He does a lot, so much. He's an absolute ideas man, an entrepreneur. And if you follow him on the socials, which you absolutely should, it's just one great idea after the next. Morgan was the co-producer for many years on the wildly successful New Zealand children's program, What Now? And he also had a principal role in what I think is one of the best zombie movies to come out of Christchurch, Last of the Living. He's currently studying nursing, as well as pushing a menswear und- a men's underwear range, hosting drive-in movies with a huge inflatable screen, distilling gin and making kimchi. I'm sure there's other things. (laughs) When I lived in Christchurch in the pre-conversation with a chef days, I used to have a show on a local radio station called Volcano FM. I interviewed people who were passionate about what they did. I loved it. There's something so thrilling about talking to people who love what they do and know all about it. So really, I've been angling to talk to Morgan for ages, and now that he's branched into food, I had my chance. I loved our chat, and I do apologise for the at times uproarious laughter, but I'm kind of hoping you might join in. Hi Morgan, thanks for coming over today to chat about kimchi. Yes. So what's it called? What's your company called? It's called Cheekim's Kimchi. That's right. It's just basically kimchi, just cut in half and then those two <laughs> syllables are put around the other way. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to talk to you because I've known you for how long do you reckon? Maybe about 11 years? Easy, yeah. yeah. Definitely since the earthquake. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And um, and over the time that I've known you, I'm always amazed at how many amazing, like incredible ideas you come up with. You're so entrepreneurial. And um. And it worries me sometimes that you maybe don't sleep. Do you sleep? I sleep fine. Yeah, it's all smoke and mirrors. I, I get a lot of downtime. Yeah, it just looks like I'm busier. Because last night you were doing Ivan's Drive-In, which is a massive inflatable screen yeah. for drive-in movies. Mm. Yeah. Burwood Forest? Yeah, it was at Bottle Lake Forest Bottle Park. Lake. Just a bit of sort of space by the Rangers compound there. Yeah. It went really well. We've got some good weather. and yeah. takes ages to get dark. This, it's yeah. funny because drive-in movies in well where I'm trying to do it it's like in the summer it's warm which is great but it gets late it, it gets dark so late so you know it wasn't dark enough until at least half past nine and people are you know this is late showing winter it's freezing but it gets dark early so it's like well it's probably going to be a spring autumn thing I do you reckon yeah yeah probably how many people did you get last mm. night we had about 12 or 13 cars but it was like a a trial so it wasn't this yeah. wasn't a big thing. It was just like, I just literally needed three or four. I would have been happy just yeah. to test out a new piece of uh, equipment to make sure the audio was sounding good for you know, all different types of cars and whatnot. So, but it worked really well. And that's the thing, because I watch you on social media with all your gadgets and different things. And mm. I think everything that you enter into, you do it super well. Like you really 
don't you? You must research everything to get exactly yeah. the right thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, some things more than others, and then it's a bit of you know, learn as you go. With, for, for example, <clears throat> excuse me, with um, Ivan's, the the previous trial run had all the components, but the one thing that let me down was the FM transmitter, and so that was just something cheap that I bought on AliExpress, hoping that it would work. Turns out it was rubbish, mm. and that's why the sound wasn't very good. So then I had to then go see an extremely clever friend of mine who's into all techie stuff and he helped me find this person who made these things from scratch for the frequency I was looking for in New Zealand so that's what I was testing out mainly last night mm. and so you know that I sort of arrived at that I was just trying not to spend too much money because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's you know these these things don't make any money for quite some time so you just have to figure it out and when you know get that income yourself yeah, so that's the thing, isn't it? Because I feel like, too, some of the things you've done, that I feel like they're really community-centred as well. So your quickie events, where is, mm. I mean, that, that's not really a moneymaker, is it? That's about bringing people together? Or? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was that was like one of the first ventures, I suppose. Mm. Um, that, that was sort of uh, entry-level. I mean, I always sort of try and, and spot a niche, and I just kind of felt like... You know, you can do fun runs and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got road cycling and mountain biking and all that kind of activities. And then you've got triathlons, in which there are many. Um, but biathlons was never a... Um, sorry, duathlon was never a, a thing that I saw a lot. But I, I saw that as an entry-level kind of event for um, people who are maybe thinking of doing something like multi-sport or a triathlon. Mm. Um, short distances and just to experience that transition from going from um, run to bike to run. Because it can get quite jarring, mm. I know from my experience. Mm. After a mountain bike run, I think I was doing. I think it was a duathlon. You know, your spine feels like it's turning into jelly if it's a bumpy ride, and then you have to run. Mm. So just experiencing that kind of thing. But what happened is I found a lot of couples really got into it. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually quite a nice um, thing, and families were doing it. As yeah, as you're saying, like it became a more of a community thing. Yeah. Mm. And then the <laughs> noodle. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Men's underwear, I'm not sure. Well, some of those photos were quite community-centred. <laughs> the community service Crunch for the shots. women to look at men's packages. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I forget equal rights, man. I see so many half-naked women online, so let's get yes. some half-naked men there too, right? But also really, um, like, that was about having art on underwear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Originally that was about, um, well... Again, I thought there would be a, a niche market yeah. for that, but the whole idea behind Noodle was to market it to women to buy for, or, or yes. either get pink dollar or market it to women to buy for their male partners if they're in a hetero. So it would be like a, almost like a point of sale item. Yeah. So I sold it at sort of high end giftware stores or even high end ish kind of female clothing stores so that like a, a lady would buy something really expensive and go, oh, I should get something for Mark to sweeten the deal because this dress is $1,000, so I'm going to... I'm generalising here, but, you know... Um, but you know how women's minds work. That's oh, handy. <laughs> and they talk so much, you know? Yeah. Like, the, I was look, I was researching, like, this is years ago, but just how many... I think 12,000 extra words a day is what I saw on some sort of TED talk that women speak more each day than men. Yes. And I'm like, well, if you can get them talking about... You know, even for a little chunk of that about Noodle or, or my brand of whatever, um, then I think that's a pretty good yeah. marketing tool. <laughs> yeah. So out of so you've done all of these things, mm. what made you branch into the food industry with oh, kimchi? Into kimchi, yeah. That is such a good question. And I wish I knew. I, because kimchi's already being made, um, so it's not like, oh, there's a market. Um, 
and I've never had anything to do with food production, so I'm like, what am I even doing sometimes? I, when did I even think about it? I think I just tried making some because I saw a really cute little um, lady on YouTube making kimchi and she just had such a nice way about her. I was like, oh, that looks like a fun thing to make. And so I made it and then I thought, this is actually bloody tasty. Mm. Um, and I guess I just wanted to see if people would buy it. And then mm. I sold a batch on Facebook Marketplace and um, it got sold, it sold out within like a couple of days. I'm like, jeepers, this is pretty good. And I got great response from it. Um, but as far as like my desire to make kimchi, I'd, honestly, it's, it was nothing that I'd set out to do. It's just I wanted to try it and see if people bought it. And then I thought, I had to carry on. Mm. And so obviously um, it's fermented. I mean, is it, does it always have to be made with cabbage? Is that what kimchi is? Or? Ah, kimchi is like, um, it can be made with anything. Traditionally, it's made with the, uh, it's called either Napa cabbage or Chinese cabbage or wong bok. Um, and that is just something that is, has been used for a long time. But I've seen people like kimchi, um, uh, cucumber, and I'm, I actually want to do a batch with um, bok choy as well, just because it's so much more readily available than... Chinese cabbage because mm. I'm sort of like always scouting for Chinese cabbage and I see it and I get all excited and, and snap it up when I can but um, you always see sort of like bok choy around and it's, I reckon it's a similar kind of you know that sort of white part of it similar kind of crunchy oh, texture yeah. yep. um, yeah. but you can you can kimchi anything really like kimchi isn't the verb of fermenting I'm using it in that context um, <laughs> I th- oh, yeah I, um, I'm sorry I'm, I'm not doing much uh, I'm doing a disservice to the Korean culture, but I can't remember if kimchi is actually a word used to describe fermenting yeah, rather okay. than what we think kimchi is as in like a... A product. Um, a product, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. So, and then how did you work out your recipe? Did you, you just, you found a recipe you liked or did you yeah. tweak it? Yeah, I, I tweaked it a little bit. Um, not much though, just because of the first time I made it, it was so good. Um, and then I guess I've just sort of increased volumes and then changed out a couple of little extra bits and bobs, but nothing, nothing, um, crazy. Like I'm, I'm not very creative with food, so it's not like I went, Oh, I'm going to try this and add this. I just went, Oh yeah, that was good. Oh, I don't have any of that. I'll try this instead. And then carry on. Yeah. And, um, how long does it take, you know, from start to finish? Cause what's the fermenting process? Um, well you can ferment it for as long as you want. It sort of has like a couple of, well, maybe two or three days of like when it's going gangbusters fermenting after you've sort of mixed it all together. Um, and then it sort of peters off, but it's sort of, um, for me with my stuff, I've got to get it because now I'm, because I want to sell it. Right. So and I come under something called the New Zealand national program too, which is kind of like set by the ministry of primary industries uh mpi is that right Ministry of Primary? yeah sure and um so within and then it's got your food safety your food regulation so i have to come within i have to get my ph level uh between 3.6 and 3.2 mm. um which is i'm gonna have to work on that i want to get there a bit faster because sometimes it's taking a good couple of weeks to get there and um so anyway the, the the reason for the ph level being precise is that it kills all the you know germies um and and gives it a prolonged sort of shelf life. So that's where I'm actually at the moment. So the last batch that I did um, about a month ago, I've set my best before date at three months. So now I literally have to wait three months and then get it tested at a laboratory for, <coughs> excuse me, E. coli and something called APC. Okay. So it's quite frustrating because I want to get it moving, but I actually have to wait three months. And then yeah. once I've got that, then I get all signed off and I'm away. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if that answers your question or not. But, no, it did, um, yeah. It, it, yeah, so I'm just, I'm, I'm still learning the best packaging and whatnot because generally what I'd do, well, originally, like, traditionally, you'd get the whole, you'd brine your whole cabbage head and then um, they would smear the leaves with the kind of um, mixture of um, chilli flakes and all the, um, you know, garlic and chilli, uh, garlic and ginger and stuff. And then you sort of roll it up and shove it in a, you know, container to ferment. The first batch I did, people were like, oh, they're a bit big for a mouthful. And I was like, Why? just cut them up. It's not that hard. But anyway, I took that on board and found it actually does, um, it does speed things up a little bit. Rather than doing each leaf individually and rolling it up, what I do now is just chop up the cabbage into sort of pretty big chunks. And then I chuck it in with all the mixture and I just mix it all up and then put it in the jars. Mm. And that seems to work all right. But when they ferment in the jars, you know, you get quite a lot of... Psh- like if it's mm. a warm day and they haven't been in the fridge for a while, it's it's like having a um, shaken up soda can. Yeah. Um, and I don't want people getting because it's pretty pretty smelly yeah, stuff. Yeah, right? that's right. Um, and it, you don't want that. So I'm sort of experimenting between jar fermenting and barrel fermenting. Yeah. Barrel fermenting. Um, the last batch I did, I left it in there too long, and the cabbage sort of lost its integrity. It got a bit slushy, but sort of soft. And you still want it to be a bit crunchy when you're biting into it. So I needed to. I needed to have done that for a few days and then got it into the jars but I left it for like two weeks and now it's just but that's the stuff I um, blitzed up and made into pasta sauce uh, pizza sauce it's so good yeah it was a really good mistake yeah and that pizza oven in the is that do you have that that's my brother-in-law's oh, yeah. and sister's yeah, yeah that's nice. a it's a, yeah it's really cool it's um so that was so okay so and that worked well as a pizza sauce it was amazing as a yeah. pizza sauce yeah and it oh, looks wow. like it's tomato there's no tomato and it. it's just all the chili and yeah wow. all good stuff but um yeah, it's a bit That's of an art, good. getting the old pizza out. And do you need to be, does it need to ferment in a particular temperature, or does that not matter? I just leave mine at room temperature, Yeah. Um, room air. And do you need lots of space if you, eventually, is this going to oh, be like a yeah, big I will production? Do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I make it at a, a sort of one of those, um, what would you say, shared sort of kitchen spaces uh, called Tuck in Christchurch, and um, so there's lots of, um, you know, commercial grade kitchens that you can hire out for actually you can do them by the hour yeah um but a, a mate of mine who runs a company called little bone broth company this really awesome guy he's so um welcoming and friendly he lets me just take a space up at the end of his kitchen and i can just get that done bang them out in the day kind of thing yeah yeah so do you reckon so it's obviously for you it's worth persevering through the hurdles and yeah it. yeah it, i want it because i haven't taken it i want it to take it to the to the farmer's market yeah and do a stall there because um, I, I, you know, I want to do a hundred jars a week. That's my. It's not, it doesn't sound like a big goal, but I just want to do a hundred jars a week over a season, for mm. example, like a summer season. So it might not be until like next year, for all I know. But um, although it's a, a year round market, though, I think isn't it the old Rickon Farms market? Yeah, it's so good. I went. I was yeah. there yesterday. Yes, you were. I saw so your photo. Great. It's pretty cool. And yeah. it's, everything smells so delicious. Mm. And, um, yeah, and I ran into my friend Ali, who was who the I, lemon. Yeah, who I also talked to because she does some amazing oh, yes. things as well. Um, yeah, that's such a great atmosphere down there. Mm, yeah. mm. And so, and, and what are the health benefits of eating kimchi? Well, because it's a fermented product, it's good on your gut. Mm. Um, I need to study up more about all that kind of carry on to answer your question properly. <laughs> but, you know, it's a, it's a well-known fact that with um, fermented foods, it's, it's good on your stomach and your gut health with um, probiotics and prebiotics and all that sort of carry on. Um, and it tastes great. And I see, and I see you've got a few. Apart from the pizza sauce, you've got mm. a few um, interesting ways you're using it. What are some? What do you like to do with kimchi? 
Oh, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because a lot of people who don't, you know, like Westerners, I guess, like kimchi, you know, what do you, how do you even use it? So um, the way that I like to use it, one of my favorite meals at the moment, and it's not, it's nothing groundbreaking, but basically just doing some rice, just, well, I just use white rice, and then I'll get um, asparagus and broccoli and then just either, um, you know, saute that or I don't generally steam it or whatever, and then I plonk that on the top. And then there's this um, tonkatsu uh, sauce that's like, it's, it's got a little bulldog on the front of it, and it's a sort of fruit vegetable sauce. It's quite, it's quite yummy. Anyway, so I drizzle that on top, and then I get a steak and then cut that into slivers, and chuck that on um, top, and then I just dump a whole bunch of kimchi on top. It's so good. Mm. It's really, really yummy. Um, but you can put it in stir fries. You can just eat it straight. Some of it, I mean, I'm not very good with spicy, spicy food. It is quite spicy. Maybe not for people who are like, you know, hardcore spice veterans, but... And where um, does the spice come from? Chili? Yeah, this uh, stuff called gochugaru, um, which is Korean chili flakes. Mm. And, and I was surprised when I was first making it, and the recipe's like, you know... 10 cups of this stuff and you're like just scooping it it's mounting up but it all gets you know mixed in nicely and absorbed and all but it's they're really good and just the smell of them is amazing mm. yeah that's so right. good so we have to wait till next year to see your little <sighs> fancy jars at the market yeah oh, I, i'll do it before then but um i'm just thinking if i want to keep experimenting but i think the product as it is at the moment um you know i want to i want to make sure it's all safe to to consume well it is safe to consume but you just have to get that lab testing done so that you can put your best buy or best before Mm. date safely on it but yeah i mean i got audited by a food verifier and um that you know got the ticks in the right places which is good just this one last um shelf life testing that i need to get done well done that's so good thank you and i reckon nowadays um that it's increasingly becoming that people are specialising in food products. So mm. they're just really good at one thing. So, you know, in Melbourne, we've got this tarts and non, they just make tarts and they're excellent, or they just yeah. make croissant and they're excellent. And I just, so I just think, why wouldn't you, you know, I mean, although it's conversation with a chef, you're not actually a chef, but you are, you know, you've created this food product that you're passionate about. And I mm. think that's really great. Yeah, it is. Not, it's, a, it's a really cool process. And I love, you know, chopping all the veggies, mixing it all up and, um, you know, no batch is exactly the same. So just trying to get the sort of common denominator correct, I guess. And then you see it in the jars, and I like the wee stickers. And the did you t- ma- did you come up with that logo? I so. used templates. I use templates for everything. <laughs> I don't make anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I like it. Uh, I like the way it looks. Um, it's just I just like holding those jars. It's got a nice weight to it, and then yeah. of course the product itself is is delicious, and people love it. Like they really really like it. So. And that's also, that sort of, you know, just come back full circle is that mm. idea of community. And you're such a people person that you're not just putting it on shelves in a shop. You want to sell it to people in mm. a market and have that mm. contact and talk about your product. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I look forward to actually being, you know, face on face with people and um, just sort of, and doing, you know, the little testy bowls and testy bowls. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any testy in the bowl. Test, test, er, of kimchi. Just seeing what they think, and you know, yeah, hopefully yeah. seeing them happy. Yeah, mm. nice. Well, I look forward to next time. Maybe I'm back in Christchurch. I'll go wandering down to Rickerton Bush, and uh, you'll see me there. I'll see you there. Yeah. Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Morgan Williams from Cheekham's Kimchi in Christchurch. To check out some really great ideas for what to do with kimchi, have a look at his Instagram at. C-H-I-K-I-M-S-K-I-M-C-H-I 
Chicken's Kimchi. And if you liked what you heard, I'm on Instagram as well at Conversation with a Chef. You can read the chat at www.conversationwithachef.com. And I would absolutely love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day.